The NBA season is done. The Toronto Raptors beat the Golden State Warriors, the first championship for Canada in the NBA, the first championship for the Raptors in their franchise history. That means free agency is upon us. NBA draft around the corner. We'll check in with Tanya Ganguly, who covers the Lakers for the Times, and Brad Turner also stops on by. It's time for the Arrive Early, Leave Late podcast. I'm your host, Bethel Duran. It's Tuesday, June 18th. And the basketball season is officially done. We, the North, Canada wins a title. Tanya Ganguly, Brad Turner in the studio today. Did anybody expect Toronto to win before the season started? Tanya? Uh, I I mean, you could see it, I guess. But I think everyone sort of assumed that the Warriors were unbeatable as they probably would have been if everyone was healthy. I, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) I kept thinking it would be Boston and Golden State. That's true. Okay. They were the team that was loaded, bringing Kyrie back, going Haywood back. But they imploded and lost in the second round. Yeah. But there's this guy named... Kawhi Leonard, who happens to put my alma mater, San Diego State. I oh, one minute in and BT <laughs> and San Diego State. The Aztecs produce some pretty good uh, athletes, people, writers. Writers. <laughs> a, lot, a, a lot of good TV people come from San Diego yes, State. Yes, they do. Yeah. But Toronto, I love watching the way they celebrated in the city. I've never been to Toronto, but I've been told, you got to go, you got to go. And they love their basketball up there, don't they? They do. Yeah. I didn't watch the celebration because I was at a cigar bar last night. <laughs> As you should and be. And my next thing was, they guys said, guys, can we watch the Dodger game? And I said, yes, <laughs> let's watch the Dodgers. <laughs> because I can't get Dodger games on my direct TV. Oh, okay. I have a bunch of cousins who live in Toronto and they were going to be up all night. I might be, st- might still be up today <laughs> yeah. as we record this on on Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like having been around the Lakers when they win a championship and you see the mm. vibe of the city, how electric it becomes. and Like, we're not part of the team, but as people who are from L.A., you take that civic pride of like, okay. And one of my cousins last night was like, I've waited 25 years for this. Laker fans have not waited 25 years. No. For but it feels like 50 years. <laughs> well, if you're a Laker fan, it feels like it's 100 years because Because yeah. you expect to. more. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know Kawhi at all? Have you ever tried talking to him? I did an interview with him when he played in San Antonio and the conversation was okay because I knew his college coach. Okay. And because I'd gone to San Diego State. So that was sort of how I approached it to get him talking just a little bit more than he normally does. And he was okay. It wasn't a great interview. Yeah. I recall asking Boris Diaw, his teammate, does Kawhi talk very much? He goes, sure he does. He goes, I said, come on, man, stop it. <laughs> but my best quote came from Boris, and he was really good about it. But Kawhi was, he's just a quiet individual. He's a champion. He is. Have you ever dealt with Two-time him? champion. Two- a little bit, very little. But I was up there in Oakland for games three and four and asked some of his teammates about that. Like, does he open up? Like, is he a guy that's just always this quiet? That's who he is, right? I think he's maybe just an introvert. Like, I mean, it's part of his job, and like, he always does it. Like, he will speak, but he doesn't seem to like being in the spotlight and, and having to talk. like that. I mean, I, I think it's, it's just who he is. Like, it, I don't know if it's good or bad or anything, but like, it's just who he is. And he gets made fun of a little bit about that in the NBA Twitter world. But I think because 2019, everybody has a voice. Everybody's saying yes. something. Everybody has the burner account. Not yeah. everybody, but there are people out there just doing so much to get attention. And when a guy was like, I just want to play basketball and work out and 
Like, leave me alone. It's weird, right? No. Everyone can't be LeBron James who does not mind speaking to the media twice, maybe even three times a day. Mm-hmm. And have a TV show. And have a TV, well, several TV shows, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he does a lot of speaking to the media via his TV show. I'll be curious. If he can get Kawhi on his show, on the show, that'd shop, be interesting. That would oh. be, I would watch that. Because he definitely got Lonzo talking when he Lonzo did. came onto the shop. <laughs> you know, that was a little more forthcoming than Lonzo typically is during interviews. Lonzo even smiled and laughed. No, I haven't seen that <laughs> episode. Oh, man, I need to see I've it seen him smile and laugh before. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're wrong there more than I am. <laughs> so we bring up Lonzo and LeBron, the Lakers. I don't want to get into like, oh, what's going to happen in free agency? What if the speculations? Because so many things can change within the hour. I know your phones are probably going to go off right now as we're talking about this. But the view of the Lakers around the league. Tanya, you were at the NBA Finals. Do people still talk about them? Or is it out of sight, out of mind? I think that people are, a lot of people are amused. Amused? <laughs> Do you think that's a good word? <laughs> really? It's, amused? It's, well, I'll say yes, because when I covered the... Warriors playing the Portland Trailblazers in the conference finals. I was there for games with one and two. And I saw Steve Kerr walking in, and I know him a little bit. He goes, hey, BT, how you doing? I said, well, Steve, I'm doing great. I just want to write about some basketball. He stops and he smiles. He goes, I'm sure you do. (laughs) Yeah, people kind of talk to you. Like when you're covering the Lakers, when I was up there, people kind of talked to me like I was like a trauma survivor. (laughs) Like like they were like, oh, man, it's it's been quite a season for you. Now that you think about it, it's not that serious. No, no, but for what we do, you're not writing about (laughs) game stories anymore. You, I think the last couple months, you wrote about everything but the game. It seemed like. I mean, they haven't been playing games. So that's part of it. You know, I went into that season finale thinking like, okay, this is the last game. Oh. Now it all starts. I didn't even watch that game. Nobody no, did. I didn't watch that Magic game. Magic dropped that Magic. neutron bomb <laughs> yeah. everybody. I was dealing with that the rest of the day. <laughs> I think we're still dealing with it a little bit, right? The Magic? I think we are because I still hear from other GMs, presidents, agents that are always asking the question, you know, why did Magic really leave BT? Is he going to come back? Is he going to help? Do we just have to talk to Rob Palenka? Is he the only guy that's over there involved in this? So there's still some fallout from it. You've known Magic since you were a Cub reporter, right? You said you talked to him the day he stepped down? We talked that morning. You have to get Magic early in the morning to have a conversation with him on the phone. And he called back. I'm in the gym sweating, working hard, getting his body in that summer shape. Still working on that, of course. (laughs) And he never mentioned anything about stepping down, about leaving. I didn't ask him because I wasn't suspecting something like that would happen. So when he did it, I was as shocked as everyone else was. That day, Tanya, how was it for you? Because you walk in thinking you're right about the last game of the season and everything exploded. You don't watch the game. But like, how crazy was it for you? It was really crazy. I mean, no, nobody knew. Uh, just like BT said, like we didn't go into that day thinking, "Oh, Magic could step down." What we did go into that day thinking was Luke could get fired tonight. We went in thinking this is the end of this. Now we dive into what's going to happen in free agency, what's going to happen with the head coach, all that stuff. And from that perspective, we were sort of expecting to write about other things. But I remember Magic standing. He was sort of standing in the back of the scrum waiting to for Luke to finish. And then as soon as Luke finished, he sort of made his way to the front and everyone was kind of like, what's happening? I thought he looked a little like nervous as he started. Like he was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then he just did it. And 
then he held court for like another hour and a half. <laughs> what did you think he was going to say? I had no clue. I kept thinking he can't fire the coach after I thought, the coach just talked yeah. and there's still a game to be played. I thought he was going to give maybe an, like a vote of confidence to Luke. Mm. That's what That actually went through my mind when he first started. I was like, oh, he's going to tell us Luke's not getting fired. Wow. That's the, That was the first thing I thought. I had no thoughts. Nobody did. Yeah. It, it was just such a weird... And we've seen so many weird nights at Staples Center, so many cool nights. But <laughs> it just... That was a, a weird one because the players are walking... By as Magic is talking to go warm up, I, I forget which Some player them, it was. Rondo found out in the parking lot. He had someone oh, texted up. him. <laughs> I think it was Javale who came off of the court and he stopped to watch. Like, oh damn, what's Magic talking about? Just regular. And then all of a sudden, a couple of the other players from the locker room came back out and they were watching us interview Magic because I was in the back of the scrum and you could see a couple. Of, I forget which ones they were, but they're just standing there looking like, is this for real? Like and you said Rhonda found in the parking lot. So me like in the text messages started going through in the locker room as dudes are supposed to get warm and ready for a game. It was crazy. And the state of the Lakers right now, Tanya, you were there when they introduced their new coach. It's like, hey, new coach, uh, your name. I'm cool. I don't know your name right now, but anyways, <laughs> uh, so Magic Johnson. Frank Vogel. <laughs> yeah, I, I know his name, but you get put in such a weird situation where Palinka is there talking for the first time. That we've seen for a while. It's this Laker novella just keeps going over and over and it's spinning and there are just so many different parts and people can't get enough of it right now. They can't get enough of what the Lakers are doing, even as the NBA Finals are going on. How do you deal with this, Tanya, as a Laker beat reporter? I mean, it keeps everything interesting. It keeps us really relevant. So that's nice. You know, I don't think if I was covering a team that didn't make this much news, I don't know that so many people would that I had that I didn't know because people want to follow the Lakers. People want to know what's going on. I don't know that so many people would, would know my my name or, <laughs> you know, have read anything I'd written. So that's I mean, I guess in one sense, that's nice. But you covered the team BT when other kinds of craziness was happening. I feel like with this team, there's always something going on there's always some drama it's just in the past there was this drama plus they were winning championships well in the past you yes. knew who the drama was right it was Shaq and Kobe don't like each other everybody knows <laughs> it was a three ring circus because it was Shaq Kobe and Phil Jackson oh that's right who more or less just loved the idea of having drama he had drama in Chicago he comes to the Lakers he has it there he just think it kept everyone on edge but this is different man this is a team that hasn't made the playoffs in six straight years this is a team that has an ownership group that people are now starting to question a little bit. You have Magic stepping down. You have Rob Palenka in charge. Is Kurt Ramos also involved in this? Wait, where did Ramos come from? Well, he played for the Lakers. Yeah, I know that, but where did he just pop up? Uh, you know, he was hired last year as a special advisor to the team, and he's married to Linda Ramos. Yeah. He's friends with But Jeannie now he's Buss. in the interview process? Like, he's in there when guys are applying for a job? Uh, what did Frank Vogel say when he was uh, talking to the media? I want to thank Kurt Rambis. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was a big part of the process. And was. it was once he started being part of these interviews that they really started making their decisions. Before that, there was a lot of indecision. He was part exactly. of the interview with Jason Kidd. And Kidd obviously impressed them enough that he was going to be part of the organization in some way. He wasn't part of the initial interviews with Monty and Ty. And um, I think once he got involved, they started making decisions a little bit. Was quicker. he involved when Magic was around? He was, but only, I think, in the background because Magic was making all the decisions. Okay. So he stepped up when Magic stepped he did, down. Because there was a void there. 
Okay. And he realized, which we all came to find out, that it was difficult for people to make a decision because Magic had made all of them in consultation with Rob and probably also talking to Kurt and then telling Linda and Jeannie what his plans are. In this case, there's a vacuum, and there's no one there really to say, yes, we're going to hire Frank Vogel as our coach. Hmm. Yes, we're going to also have Jason Kidd on the staff. Kurt Ramos took, as they say, the bulls by the horn, I think, and just made sure, okay, let's get, let's get this done and move on to the next thing. It's interesting, just the moving pieces and the parts of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Rob Palinka, is he the final voice? Is he the man with the Lakers? Oh, you're taking your time with this answer. <laughs> well, let's be honest. The final voice is Jeannie Buss. Yeah. Okay. To be honest, what Rob is doing, he is making decisions based on the information that he gathers. And then he gives Jeannie, as anyone should, his final thoughts on what he thinks is the best course to take. And that's what any GM does. I don't care yeah. if you were Jerry West or if you want Frank. Whoever you are in this league, you have to go to your owner yeah. and tell him this is what you want to do. You and go to the billionaires and they sign do. off. Yes, they do. And the view of Palinka around the league is? Oh. Interesting because he has his naysayers. Uh-huh. I should say he has those that do. You're choosing your words very carefully. I, I am because, I mean, we all know some people can be a hater. Of course. For whatever reason. Always. But we also know some people can like you based on your personal preference and what you've done with someone in the past. So he has both. I mean, dare I say, based on what I keep hearing, he may have more people who dislike him. And if that's true, then I think he has to work with those people and those people have to work with him to try to change that if they want to do business together. Because everyone's not going to like everyone they work with. There are some people you just don't like for yeah. whatever reason. And he has. But you're not trying to run a, a basketball operation with somebody else. Either. I am not. But there could be people inside the Lake organization that disagree with what Rob's done. Okay. They may not like him. He but may like some of them. That's, that's just a yeah. natural evolution of working in business and for a corporation. I think there's probably some trust issues, too, uh, mm. with him and with people inside and outside the organization. So I do agree with BT. Like, there are always going to be people who are haters and there are always going to be people who like you and who disagree with what the haters say. And Rob definitely has both of those. Well, people can be petty and hold grudges for years. But I do think that in general, there's a little bit of a trust issue with him. Unlike Tanya, who's on Twitter more than I am, (laughs) and she doesn't mind getting engaged, there was one tweet I did see that said, if Rob Linka gets AD here, we will love him to death. He is our guy. At the end of the day, if you produce, and right? Everything else goes out the window because now he's done this big, big deal. How much of a voice does LeBron have? Well, he's a deep voice, doesn't he? Like, la, 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 la. <laughs> like that? I mean, I don't think he's calling them and say, hey, go get AD. If he is... It sure hasn't leaked to anyone in the media, to me or to Tanya. I mean, he's there working out so they can see him and maybe they have conversations, but everyone has conversations with their stars. There was a time when Kobe Bryant was the star of the Lakers. Now, I'll never forget when Phil Jackson was fired in 2004. They decided to bring him back 2005, the next, very next year. Yeah. Well, Kobe was opposed to that. Well, Jerry Buss talked to him about that. 
And the final thing was, we're bringing Phil Jackson back as the coach of the Lakers. So he talked to his star about that. When Phil first came in 1999, 2000 season, I'll never forget Shaq saying, we needed to go and get Phil Jackson. He told that to Jerry West. And he told that to Dr. Jerry Buss. Well, they went out and got Phil Jackson because Shaq was the guy on the team, and so was Kobe, but they knew they wanted someone else to lead them somewhere. So it's not uncommon, not unheard of, just that we keep hearing LeBron has this huge, big influence on whichever team he played for, except for the Miami Heat. Pat Riley. Pat Riley was going to be in charge. So it's, you know, at Golden State... Because they're the perfect little Patrick family. <laughs> you know, you don't have those things going on. White picket fans, apple pie, right, all that other right, stuff, right? You know, you know, two dogs, one cat. 2.3 kids, all yeah, that thing. All things. <laughs> so American the idea that there. he is not aware of what they're doing would be, you know, wrong for me to say. But is he involved in conversations every single day? I don't think that's happening. Well, I mean, I think, like, for any team, you want your star to feel like you're putting him in a position where he can win a championship. And that's the clear message that LeBron wants. He understood that this was going to be a multi-year process, but the multi-year process that they were talking about was not like in year four, you'll have someone. Right. It was, it was, you're going to be able to win championships and it's a two-year process. That's what, when Magic was around and Rob, that's what they used to say. It's a two-year process. It's going to be the summers of 18 and 19. I feel like people often talk about it as a bad thing that they're trying to make LeBron happy. Like, they should be trying to make LeBron happy. <laughs> yes. He's he's the best player on their team, and he chose to come here with the understanding that they were going to work together to make the Lakers a championship team again. So they have made it very clear that this summer they're going to finish the process and they're going to get another star, at least one other star, and they're going to be a team that can compete. So we'll see if that happens. They need to compete because I get tired of watching Lakers Summer League games. <laughs> Are you going to Vegas? I've covered so many, like, Lakers summer league games that actually are, have like some weight to them. <laughs> right, they that won a championship. For you. Right, they won a championship. Yeah, that was my yeah. first summer, summer league banners. <laughs> Let's yeah. switch the Clippers. Right, I know Tom, you don't cover them, but you know what people say about them. And from the outside looking in, it looks like it's a team. If you're a free agent, that's very enticing. Am I wrong about that? No, you're right. I, I spent time with them doing the playoff series, and I spent time with them doing the season. And they've done some really smart things. So they have two salary cap spots available. Two? Two of them. Oh. Max salary slots. So the idea is they really believe they have the best chance of getting Kawhi Leonard if he leaves Toronto. That's been the talk around the league. It was the talk again last night. It'd be the talk today. It'd be the talk until he does or does not become a Clipper or stays in San Antonio. I'm sorry, San Antonio. Boy, look at that slip. They wish he was there. <laughs> well, he, won, he won a championship with San Antonio, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. The Clippers just seem like the organization where, did they not have, like, assistant GMs turn down jobs? They did. Right? They did. First, you had Michael Winger. Okay. Who turned down an interview with them because he was so enamored with the Clippers and what they were doing. And then you have Tritton Redden, who was actually going to interview for the job with the New Orleans Pelicans. He's good friends with David Griffin. And he didn't take that job because they want to finish what they started with the Clippers. Really? And look, the idea that they can get Kawhi, that's never happened for the Clippers. But you also don't really hear of young up-and-comers saying, hey, I don't even want to interview with somebody. I'd rather stay where I'm at. Well, let's just say— Because normally everybody—there's there's only 
how many a handful of GM jobs people well, jump also, at them, just right? Be, just because they didn't technically interview doesn't mean that there weren't conversations and they, you know, they didn't sort of figure out what type of job it would be. That, that doesn't necessarily. But they mean. chose. But, the but it is. Here, here are three but things. it is impressive. They weren't guaranteed to have the jobs. Okay, would be number one. Number two would be they got their pocketbooks feel pretty good by not leaving. Okay. And number three, it is LA, man. Yeah. I love New Orleans. That's my city. That's where I'm from. But if I got to choose between living in New Orleans and LA, I know where I'm staying. <laughs> I thought you were San Diego State. I went to school down there. Come on, man. Keep up with me. All right. So, New Orleans <laughs> and New Orleans, LA, or San Diego? Where are right. you going? Man, LA. All right. Uh, how about this? Do you want to live in cold? Nope. Minnesota. <laughs> nope. Uh, L.A. Put all those three things together. And the fact that they have a great owner. You know what you get. You know what to expect. You know, why not stick around and try to build this into a championship contender? See, look, the Clippers have the stability, the two slots, everything there. And we spent 30 minutes talking about the Lakers. Because you can't get enough of it with these guys. You can't get you enough can't. with them, Tanya. When you travel around the NBA circles and the cities, I've never done it on a road trip with them except the playoffs, but it just feels like it's an event, right? When the Lakers show up to a town. Yeah, it's really different from when any other team shows up. I mean, even from a media perspective, I remember there are a lot of cities where people would be like the process for getting into the arena for shoot around was very difficult because arena security was like what are you guys doing here we haven't had any other reporters come all year (laughs) (laughs) like because it's just a different beast like local reporters will come like everybody wants to be there to talk to lebron lebron talks at all shoot arounds oh he does yeah wow almost all i think there may have been like two or three this year that he's impressive but yeah he does that i mean you always see like the crowds waiting for their bus outside their team hotel it got definitely went to a different level this year with LeBron involved. And if they succeed in their goal of getting another star, then I think it'll only increase. There's so many what ifs with this team. That's why it used to be, here's our team, show up, we'll see you in Hawaii for training camp. Right, BT? Those were the good old yeah. days. Those were the fun days. I never got a Hawaii training camp. You never camp. got to go to Hawaii? No. What did you do, Santa Barbara? Ooh, I did Santa Barbara my first year, okay. yeah. Okay. And now what do they do? Just they stay just home? stay home. Oh, they're going to China. You're going to... I'm going to China, yeah. Yeah? I'll say this. That'll be fun. China and Santa Barbara ain't Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> that I can promise you. I got to go to Hawaii for a Pro Bowl one time, but even that's mm. not in Hawaii anymore. Yeah, when I covered Orlando, the Houston Texans, right? they had nine Pro Bowlers my first year covering wow. them. You covered the Houston Texans? Yeah. And the Jaguars, right? Uh-huh. And I went to Hawaii, got to hang out. One day I had a bad day, and so I just took my car, and I drove like two miles west of where <laughs> I was and went to like a beach inside of a volcano. How do you have a bad day in Hawaii? Did your day get better after that? It did. Yeah. Wait, you went inside the volcano? Hanauma Bay. It's, okay. a, it's in a big volcanic crater and All there's right. a beach at the bottom of it. I guess it's not really a volcano anymore. Exactly. Well, I would say this. I never had a bad day in I Hawaii. know. How do you have a bad day in Hawaii? And my last time going was two summers ago with the Clippers. We were there for 10 days. And they were 10 glorious days. <laughs> you love training camp. In I worked hard. In, yes, you did. Very, very hard. Yeah. But man, they were some great days and <laughs> nights. As you should, all teams should do training camp in Hawaii if they're from LA. Everybody else stay where you're at. I, I'm, I'm with that too. Oh, the Lakers drama continues. The Clippers are smooth. NBA champions are in Toronto. Brad Turner, Tanya Ganguly, follow them from all kinds of coverage. You know, I wouldn't say just during basketball season, every day. BT don't tweet that much, but Tanya will keep you updated on that. <laughs> she, uh, she tweets enough of both of us. <laughs> <laughs>
I know I sound like a broken record. Never a dull moment when you talk about the Lakers. And Laker fans can't consume enough information about them. As always, Brad Turner and Tanya Gugli bringing the good information. Whew. Chance right now to breathe. As Lakers free agency is about to heat up. What will they do? As always, the Times coverage will have everything you need to know. For producer Dave Wine, sound engineer Mike Heflin, I'm your host, Bethel Duran. Thanks for listening to the Arrive Early Leave Late podcast. <laughs>